It's not exactly right. So he turns to the second man. What is one plus one? The second man, not wanting to make the same mistake, he thought about it for a long time. He said the answer is 274 is not right. It has to be Tuesday. Doctor said, no, the answer is not Tuesday. He turns to the third man. Before he can even get the question out, the third man says the answer is two. The doctor says, you're right, you're right, you're perfect. That is correct. How did you do that? Well, it was really easy. All I had to do was subtract 274 from Tuesday. And that was my answer. It seems like in life, we do face a lot of tests. We face medical tests. Uh, we face memory tests. It face, we face tests in school. In fact, no matter how old we might be, we're always going to be taking some type of, of test. Life is full of tests. Many of those tests are easy, but some are hard. Some tests in life are very hard. Like when you hear that diagnosis of cancer for the first time. Or you're going through a very painful part of your life. Or maybe you have faced the death of a loved one. How do you handle the test of life? We can figure out how to pass the test in school because we just have to study. But how do you pass the hard test of life? More importantly, how? How do you come out on the other side of the trial a better person and not a bitter one? Because so many times we come out bitter. We, we start blame game. We start blaming things. We, we, uh, we get angry. How do we end up becoming more like Jesus and less like the devil? I think God has given us the book of James to help us to deal with the test of life. It's that blueprint to help us living the good Christian life. James is probably living in Jerusalem when he writes this book. And the church in Jerusalem has been uh, facing some really some major tests of life. Uh, uh, they're, they're facing hunger. They're facing poverty. A drought has happened. And now they're having to depend on the generosity of Gentiles. People that the Jewish folks had looked down on for for generations. So James, writing from a perspective of pain, being not a stranger to suffering, he writes to a group of Christians who are suffering too. They're scattered throughout the Roman Empire. They're far away from home. They're facing discrimination. They're facing oppression from strangers. And God's Spirit moves James in pain, to write to people in pain. So how do you pass the test of life? Go back to that passage that Tim just read. Notice it says, count it all joy. What, Paul? Count it joy? 
That doesn't make sense, but it's absolutely necessary if you're going to pass the test of life. If you want to come out on the other side of the trial a better person and not a bitter person, then you've got to rejoice. Rejoice in the trial. He says, count it all joy. Now that doesn't mean fake it. Because, you know, we're pretty good at faking it. Maybe, um, maybe this happened with you this morning. You know, uh, maybe this kind of uh, conversations took place in your family. Now, kids, I told you, we're leaving in five minutes, and that was 15 minutes ago. Get in that car right now. Now, hey, Junior, stop pulling your sister's hair. And sissy, stop poking your brother. And, and, and definitely sit up straight. You're going to wrinkle your dress. And hey, I can see you in that rearview mirror. Don't make me come back there. You know, and then what happens when you pull up on the parking lot? You get out of the car and it's all smiles. Well, hi, Brother John. Hi, Sister Mary. It's a beautiful day. You know, we're pretty good at faking it. But James is not telling us to fake it. He's telling us to look at it from God's perspective. He says, you need to have a good attitude in the midst of your pain. Turn your pouting into praise in times of adversity. In other words, have a good attitude in the midst of your pain. How is that possible? I believe that's only possible if you have a genuine faith. If your faith is deep, rooted in God. You can have a good attitude only if you really, truly turn everything over to Christ and you trust Him with your life. Look at verse 3 again. For you know that the testing, I want to come back to that word testing, that the testing of your faith produces what? Steadfastness. The word for testing here refers to taking gold and, and burning off the impurities so that you have just the pure gold. That's what faith is like for the Christian. It's a genuine faith that is stood the test of time, and, and it comes out stronger each time. It's a faith that, that really works. It's a faith that will get you through the problems of life. For me, I think I will never, ever forget April 1st, 2017. That's the day that my world came crashing down because... Serving in ministry is what I'm all about. And I was told that because of my age, I would no longer be serving that congregation. That was hard. If it, if it wasn't for faith, if it wasn't for Lisa, I don't know if I, had, I would have made it. I was reminded of that this, this past week. At the funeral I did in Pirigal on Thursday, one sweet lady came up to me with tears coming down her cheeks. I thought she was crying about the death of the person who had died, but she was crying about the church there. 
They have now went through six preachers in three years' time. And she said, what are we going to do? It took faith on my part to make help me get through that problem. When you put your faith in Jesus Christ, it is real. He will never abandon us. When you trust Christ with your life, you have a real faith that will carry you even through the hardest trial of life. I'm here to say that faith in Christ really works. So how do you pass the test of life? How do you come out on the other side a better person, more like Christ? Well, first we rejoice in the trial because we have a good attitude. And second, we remain through the trial. We remain through the trial. We don't give up. We don't sink. We don't run away from the pain. Instead, we persevere during the trial. We endure the suffering until we encounter the victory. Verse 4. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. If you choose to remain steadfast through the trial, that trial will be effective in helping you to mature in your faith. I don't have cable TV at my house, so I have never seen this program on the History Channel called Forge in Fire. I understand it's a, a show about uh, competition. It's a competition between four bladesmiths, and they're trying to make the perfect sword. And the show shows them taking that piece of metal and sticking it in the fire and then pounding it and pounding it and sticking it back in the fire and then grinding it and forging it until they create that perfect sword. God is the perfect bladesmith. And He is taking our lives and, and sometimes we go through the fire and sometimes we have a a life that it seems like life is pounding us, grinding us, but God is helping us to become a better person, a stronger person. Allow the Lord to complete His work in your life and to remain faithful to Him until you see real results in your own life. Of the six men in the last three years that have now went through those doors and no longer there, five of us are still faithful. One is not. It's sad for me to say that. The story is told about two frogs. Two frogs fell into a can of cream, or so I've heard it to be told. The sides of the can were shiny and steep. The cream was deep and cold. Oh, what's the use? Said number one. Tis fate. No helps around. Goodbye, my friend. Goodbye, sad world. And weeping still, he drowned. But number two of sterner stuff, dog paddled in surprise. The while he whipped his creamy face and dried his creamy eyes. 
I'll swim a while at least, he said, or so I've heard it said. It really wouldn't help the world if one more frog was dead. An hour or two later, he kicked and swam. Not once he stopped to mutter, but kicked and swam and swam and kicked, then hopped out via butter. When life gives us lemons, what do we do as Christians? We make lemonade. We make it better. So how do you pass the test of life? Well, first you rejoice. You have that good attitude. Second, you remain steadfast through the trial. And third, you request wisdom from the trial. Ask God to use your pain to make you more skillful at living a life for His glory. Don't ask God so much to remove the trouble but to help you make a right use of it. Verse 5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. Isn't that what you want? Isn't that what you desire? Wisdom. Wisdom in the Bible is the skill of living a godly life. It's not just head knowledge, it's the ability to apply knowledge to life. James would later say this in verse 17 of chapter 3. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial, and sincere, and a harvest of righteousness. A harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. That's what we want. That's what we want in life. We want to have that righteous life. Ask God for guidance. Ask God for wisdom. Ask God to give you the kind of wisdom that you will gain through your pain. An older woman had a stroke. Unfortunately, her husband had gone blind and and she had nearly died in the hospital. In the middle of all this, her preacher saw her one day. And the preacher assured her, I'm praying for you. The woman asked, Exactly what are you praying for? Her question kind of startled the preacher. Well, he replied, I'm asking God to help you and to strengthen you. I appreciate that, she said. But pray about one more thing, please. Pray that I will have the wisdom not to waste all of this experience. That's the way to pray when trouble comes. Ask God for the wisdom not to waste the pain, but to learn all that he wants to teach you in the pain. Go back to James chapter 1, verse 6. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. If you're going to ask God for wisdom from your trial, make sure you ask in confidence, in faith. 
make sure you are asking God that He will give you that wisdom because, guess what? Unsured people are unsettled people. More than that, unsured people are unanswered people. Look at verse 7. For the person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. Got to have faith. You got to have confidence. The answer from God depends on our assurances in God. Unsured people are unsettled people. And unsured people are unanswered people. And they're unstable. Verse 8. He is double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Unsure people, unsure people are like a two-headed monster whose heads cannot agree. They stagger helplessly here and there in their thinking, not sure what they believe or where they're going. So ask in faith. Ask God for wisdom in the midst of your trial, being sure that He will give to you exactly what you need. My cousin Frida passed away a few weeks ago. My cousin Frida went through a series of amputations, starting at the ankle and at the knee. Then her final amputation was, was at the hip. She had a very unique outlook on life. If you went by her house, especially from April through about October, you would have seen her out there on the ground, crawling on the ground, taking care of her plants. She had a beautiful yard. Nathan, you would have been so proud of that yard. It was a beautiful yard. She lovingly took care of each and every plant. And then at nighttime, she would write cards of encouragement. She probably averaged between 20 to 25 cards a day, sending out cards of encouragement to people. I asked Frida, how could she handle all this in her life? How could she handle life now with only one leg? Here's what she said, quote, What I've learned is that this life isn't for our comfort. Instead, the purpose of this life is that we come, become more conformed to the image of Jesus. Unfortunately, that doesn't happen when everything is unicorns and, and rainbows. Sometimes life hands you lemons. It happens when life is tough. We have to focus on God to rely upon God through prayer, just to make it through the day. That's when He is at most at work in our lives. He's molding us to be more like Him. Frieda went on and said this, My prayers are different today than they were before I lost my leg. Before I lost my leg back then, I looked at God like a lot of young people do. I look at God like he was Santa Claus, just sending us those good things, and I would ask him for the nice things of life. Now, I have one prayer that I pray more than any other. Lord, may I be able to say at the end of the day that I was faithful to you.
my dear friends, that's the way to pass the test of life. To rejoice in the trial, to remain through the trial, and to request wisdom from the trial. If you look at your psalm books, if you look and notice who wrote the songs, you'll see the name Fanny J. Crosby a lot. She wrote a lot of songs in her life. But do you know her story? She was a person who learned to grow through the trials of life. When she was only six weeks old, just as a baby, a careless doctor treated her for a very minor eye inflammation and caused her to go completely and permanently blind. Yet Fanny Crosby harbored no bitterness against the doctor. In fact, she said of him, if I can meet him now, I would say thank you over and over again for making me blind. Because she believed that her blindness was a gift from God to help her to write the hymns that flowed from her pen. More than 8,000 in her lifetime. I ask you to listen to the words of one of those hymns right now. Perfect submission, all is at rest. I and my Savior and happy and blessed, watching and waiting, looking above, filled with His goodness, lost in His love. This is my story. This is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Fanny Crosby got better through her trials, not bitter. You can too. Just ask God to help you, because He will never abandon you. This morning, are you a Christian? Are you a Christian? Have you obeyed His simple commands? To believe in Him, to repent of your past, to confess the name of Jesus as the true Son of God, and to be baptized. Most of us here have done that. Praise be to God. But sometimes as a Christian, we let the trials of life overwhelm us. We fall victim to temptation. We end up not reflecting Jesus to the world around us. As a Christian, we can seek His forgiveness. He will forgive. The church today stands ready to pray with you and for you. This morning, will you come just as you are and become more, become what God wants you to be? Will you please come? Will we stand and sing for your